Welcome to Live Better, where it is the best day ever, every single day. If you don't yet think that's possible, let us show you. Time spent hamming with us is time spent crushing life. The goal of this show is the re-examination of life. Asking yourself why and how you spend your time is valuable. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or in a 9-to-5. It is about creating the life you want to live. It is about the unrestricted access to growth, potential, play, freedom, and energy. We promote movability here at Live Better. If you're going to ham, you got to eat. Explore, adventure, travel. We help you explore your interests and your passions. Essentially, what keeps you up at night. We encourage adventure in all its forms. Scare the shit out of your comfort zone. Doesn't matter if that's trying a new food or a new parachute. And finally, travel. Broaden your horizons and gain perspective. It's getting off the hamster wheel and on the Live Better rocket ship to decide what really matters. Our guests share their stories on how they're changing the world. We dive into how they pursue their dreams, achieve their goals, and transform lives. Good health is the sustainable fuel to make you the best at what you want to do. And once you feel good, do good. Do not tolerate ordinary. We ain't here to be average. If you're going to do it, do it. Take a deep breath and smile. It's time to turn up. Hey! Ham check. Take 750. Visit. 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 Mugsy. Don't visit. Zet. You started saying Mugsy before. I started yeah. saying Vig. I, started, I said Vigsy. Vigsy jeans. Vigsy jeans. Vigsy. 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 All right. You got it. This show is brought to you by Mugsy jeans. If jeans that are as comfortable as sweatpants sound too good to be true, that's because you haven't tried Mugsy jeans. The guys at Mugsy spent years developing a high-tech denim that's so flexible for a fit that's not too baggy, not too tight, but just right. I can now work out, rock climb, do gymnastics, yoga, picnic, mountain bike, go to the office, go out to eat, and sleep in the same pair of jeans. They're so flexible and comfortable, it's hard to take them off. Visit MugsyJeans.com and use code LIVEBETTER20 for 20% off just for our listeners. This show is also brought to you by Four Sigmatic. The boys at Four Sigmatic wanted to find the smallest thing people could add to their current diet to produce the biggest positive impact on their health. While the answer might not be clear to you, to them it was. The answer? Medicinal mushrooms. Well, not magic mushrooms, as you might be thinking, their benefits are magical indeed. Big benefits include immunity, heart health, and increased energy. Four Sigmatic has crafted several instant mushroom products, such as mushroom coffee and elixir packets to be added to hot water or your favorite blended drink. I like adding the cordyceps to my tea to give my morning a little extra turn up. I like drinking the mushroom coffee with cordyceps and chaga for on-the-go energy and ending the day with the hot cacao with reishi to induce a calm, relaxed feeling pre-sleep. Visit foursigmatic.com, use code LIVEBETTER for 10% off, just for our listeners. Welcome to the Live Better podcast, where we interview some awesome guests. Today we have Leo Tropiano, founder of Mugsy Jeans. Leo, what's up? What's up, guys? All right, Leo, we're getting going right off the bat. Why jeans? Why jeans? Um, yeah, so it was just, it was actually just totally organic. Like, I graduated school, I knew I had to start dressing better, 
and I wanted to start with jeans because, you know, when, when I wasn't working and at the time I was wearing slacks, you know, nine to five or really more like nine to 10 every day when I wasn't working, I was in jeans. So what better place to start? And I couldn't really find anything that I liked. Um, everything was just like super baggy or if it was slim, it was slim everywhere. It was like super uncomfortable. And I remember like, there's literally a moment I remember when I got the idea to start Mugsy. It was when I was trying on like thousands of different jeans at the department store, having the worst experience ever, just like totally miserable, shoving myself into these like super tight jeans just to try and look better and with no luck. And uh, I remember just thinking like, it doesn't have to be this way. Why does it have to be this way? And then it just kind of spiraled from there. It's just really strange because I didn't have a fashion background. It was just me trying to solve a problem that I was experiencing myself. Yeah, that's interesting. So can you walk us through um, just the initial idea to create the jeans? You kind of talked about that inspiration in the store, but like, okay, you walked out of the store and you're like, am I going to start making my own jeans? So like, how did that go down? How did the thought process to create the company go down? That's a good one. So immediately I was just like, all right, the problem with slim jeans is that they're slim everywhere. So you want something that's like a little more tailored in the leg because even if it is a little tight in the leg, it, it doesn't bother you nearly as much as it does when it's even remotely tight in the crotch. And so for me, the goal was, all right, leave space in the crotch and just tailor the leg. And to me, there was nothing out there that did that. So initially that was my goal, just develop a better fit. So I started, you know, designing and developing the jeans from that. And then in the last year, I've even taken it a step further and I've gone into developing the denim itself. So I don't know if you want to talk about either of those, but yeah. Yeah, So initially it was just work on the fit, spacious crotch, tailored below, space where you need, like stylish fit where you want type thing. All right. So you make jeans now, but I know you from before. Uh, You didn't always make jeans. I did not. So, all right. We started in other cities doing accounting. Talk us through why you started in accounting. Uh, yeah, so I started in accounting. I had a really backwards approach to everything. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And at the time, our college didn't have an entrepreneur program. So I just said, all right, what degree can you use no matter what you, like business you own? And accounting was kind of the answer. And it was also something that like I knew I wouldn't really be able to learn on my own. Like Having that degree would help me a lot more. Whereas, so like for example, if I... I didn't do marketing because I figured that's something I could more easily learn on my, on my own, but like tax accounting and like bookkeeping, <laughs> like that's not something you're going to, you're going to really struggle learning that without some, you don't do classes. that in your free time. No. I mean, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, like a, a Friday night, yeah. just get out the old accounting book. Um, yeah. So I, I went into that and then of course the problem that I didn't really anticipate was like when you graduate, it's like, all right, well, you don't have a business, so now you actually have to do accounting, which really blows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, namaste to that. Yeah, namaste to that. Um, so, okay, you got to accounting. You realized how much it sucked, yep. as did Jason. And you came up with this idea. You're in the department store. You're like, all right, I'm going to make these jeans. Like, I'm going to crush it. This is what's going to happen. So now you're at the point where you're like, all right, let's do this. Did you have a checklist that you were like, all right, I'm going to, I need to get these five things going before I start. If so, what was that checklist look like? What did it look like? If not, were you just like, you know, what the hell I'm going to go do this? Yeah, that's a good point. So I think I kind of, 
I've never really been a long-term thinker. I'm trying to get better at that now. Just, just like literally today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the worst. Hey, it's best ever. Today's a good yeah. day to yeah, start. Yeah, it's yeah. a good day to start. So at the time, I was just like, all right, let me just prove that the concept is right. And so to me, it's like, all right, first develop the best gene ever. And then from there, show it to as many people as possible and make sure they like it before I like kind of dive into this big investment of time and money and just, you know, find out something that wasn't going to work and it just fails. So step one was like, meet as many people as you can in the, in the business, learn as much as you can, you know, further prove that the concept could work. Then step two was develop the fit, get the, the prototype essentially, uh, immediately. So, all right. So that's, that's, Mugsy checklist before you quit. Mm. Do you have like a also personal items you had to check off? So uh, the w- one question we have for you: who who was your largest supporter, and was that person also your biggest skeptic? So I know who I bounced ideas off. Right, you know that at that point yeah. you worked on it long enough. The concept is there, the genes are awesome, but now you have to make the personal decision to quit. Right, you have to mm. walk away from a comfortable very nice existence forever to take this leap of faith. Did you have like a a personal checklist of items? Like I have to make this much money. I have to get this person on my side. Not really, man. (laughs) (laughs) You just ripped it? Just go. I kind of, I just removed the safety net. I was like, fuck it. You know, if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And, you know, I I was relatively comfortable. Like I see, I guess like the one checklist thing would be, Make sure my girlfriend was cool with it at the time because yeah. you don't want to just like, hey, I quit my job. Yeah. You know? <laughs> By the way, can I borrow money? Um, so it was like, make sure she'd be cool with it. And she was always a big supporter. Like she knew I was passionate and like hungry for it. And she never doubted me for a minute as much as I doubted myself, which is amazing. And everyone needs that. But uh, everyone else was skeptical. You know, as big as supporters as my parents were, they were hugely like skeptical. Like, really, should you be quitting your job? Yeah. yeah. Like when I told them, they were like jaws to the ground. Like, we believe in you, and we know you can do it. But like, do you really want to just quit your job <laughs> and start something tomorrow? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah that's exactly what yeah, I did. Yeah. And I was totally naive and like way overly optimistic. But at the end of the day, I think you kind of have to remove your safety net. And I think a large part of the reason why Muggsy is where it is today is because I did it without a safety net, I didn't, you know, continue it as like a side hobby. Cause as you know, working in the accounting world, like there was no free time. And I, I really, I realized after like a year of doing that, that it just wasn't going to progress at all. If I, you know, had a, a real demanding day job. So yeah, I think I'm a big proponent of just removing the safety net, kind of try and do it logically, like save some money and you know have like projections <laughs> and get the right people on your side. But at the end of the day, like you're never going to be 100% comfortable, so you just got to leap, and that I think that is literally the biggest hurdle in entrepreneurship. For sure. Yeah. Did you did you feel like the like having your parents as skeptics? Did you feel like that was constructive, or did you feel like that was just increasing your self doubt? Because I know when I mm-hmm. my dad also started in accounting, and I think your dad works in yeah, he's an accountant in as well. an accountant as well. So yeah. right, so you have that backbone where they know what that lifestyle feels like, and you know, even if they're a great sounding board, like sometimes that will like, do you really want to quit your job? Like that voice can get louder and louder. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. So I think it's necessary, but for me, like I beat myself up a lot. So that voice got pretty loud a lot of times, you know, which is, it's good and bad because, you know, 
you find out what kind of person you are. You like fight or flight. To me, it's like the voice got loud. I got seriously doubtful. And then at one point, I was, it just like made me angry. I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I need to do this. Yeah. And Anger is a real do. driver. Yeah. And I, like, I literally got angry. I was like, it's not. Cause, so I launched, right? Quit my job, launched like a month or two later. And, you know, didn't nearly have as much like initial success as I wanted or projected, which is like always going to be the case, yeah. right? Like no one's going to start off and be like, I make $50,000 a day yeah. in orders, you know? Um, so I was way overly optimistic, but at one point, you know, when you're, when I'm at one of my early lows and it's like, all right, sales aren't coming through. I don't have a job. You know, my parents are right. And so is everyone else, all my friends. And that voice gets loud, but then literally I just got angry and I was like, fuck this. Like, I know I can do it. I know I care enough. I know I'm hardworking enough and I just need to grind more. And so I, I think having that skeptic was necessary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's super interesting. Something Jason and I discussed when we quit was, you know, there's there's always this drowning noise of, you know, you can't do that. You can't charge that much for that. That's not a right. bad value. And it's like, well, you know what? If you think it is, it is. That's literally what it comes down right. to. If you want it, you're going to make it happen. So when you were like, maybe let's put yourself two weeks before you quit. You're like, all right, I'm quitting in two weeks. I'm putting my notice. Yeah. What were you most scared of? Um... That is a good question. Kind of, wait, speaking back to the last part, it's not to say that the skeptics weren't supporters either. A lot of yeah, them are. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. For sure. Sometimes they're yeah, biggest they supporters. Could, yeah, they could be the same like person. My parents are definitely yeah. my biggest supporters, but at the same time, they're just being Real. rational. Yeah. <laughs> <people>. <laughs> they're yeah, being parents. Yeah, exactly. They're being parents. You can't be rational if you're trying to do this. No. You have to be like, all right, I'm walking away. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, in 15 years, I'm going to no. make a million dollars doing this in accounting. Uh, I'm going to walk away from that when anybody else would be like, wait, right. you're going to make that? Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. But you just got to do it. You got to just say, you know what, I'm out. Yeah. And so I totally forgot what your, your question was. What, so in two weeks, you put in the two weeks oh, notice. Yeah. You two know weeks. you're launching in a month. What are you most scared of? Um, that's a good point. I mean, I hated my day job so much that I, like, I wasn't really too scared of anything because I knew that no matter what, I had to quit my day job. I think the biggest fear was failing which seems obvious, but like to me, if entrepreneurship didn't work and who knows, it still might not. But at the time I was like, if it doesn't work, I have to go back to that world. So it wasn't even failing. Like I wasn't even afraid of failing. Like the company's not going to survive. I was afraid of failing. Like I have to go back to that (laughs) miserable day job that I had type thing just because it wasn't a good fit. But yeah, that was my big fear for sure. It's like, am I going to be back at this desk in six months? And then I lost six months and, you know, I could have progressed if I stayed or whatever. Just, yeah. Yeah. And it's scary. Almost everyone we talk to, in fact, almost every big winner in life for anything is more scared of failing than they, like, than they are concerned with winning. Yeah. Like, as long as you don't lose, that's just better. Right. Right? Even if you lose just a little, little bit, it's worse than... Like it outweighs winning oh, yeah. a ton because yeah. oh, it'll just weigh on you. Absolutely. Like I remember when you, you you remember your first like few big wins. Like for us, one of the biggest win we had when we first started out was getting a post on Mashable, and that was like the best feeling in the world. And you know we had this surge in orders and customers over a weekend that we'd never seen before. Like unlike anything we ever could have imagined. And then like two days later, I was like back immediately back to where I was and like (laughs) that that high just like immediately died and then the lows are just so much longer 
Yeah. You really have to be crazy to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's a, good though. Yeah, like you just you struggle for like months on end for like this little glimpse of glory, and then it's like gone, and then you're back to that same cycle. Yeah. It's a it's totally devastating. All right, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put some good vibes back in your head. Here comes a good karma. <laughs> Do you remember the exact moment you decided to quit? You're like your haiku moment. You're like, all right, this is it. Like maybe one of those angry moments. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, some some people have these like very distinct visuals. I don't know when mine was. Let's hear yours. I know exactly when mine yes, was. Yes, let's hear. Yep, I was sitting in the office. Yes. And probably like in the cubicle next to me at the time. <laughs> uh, when did you leave? Uh, twenty. I left June yeah, in June. Okay, yeah. so I left in August. Okay, this yeah. was after this. So I had yeah. I had just gone to Colorado. So I, first of all, I promised my cousins, my promised my girl side of the family, my dad's brother's kids. They're all pretty close in age to my brothers. I promised them that by my birthday I would quit. So nice. this was like way back. This is twenty what fourteen? I guess uh-huh. you left in twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. So this is twenty fourteen. So I, probably eight months in advance. Right, right around December, January, right around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I'm quitting by my birthday. So like, all right, we're gonna hold you to that. So nice. then like months go on. All right, you're up for senior. Like here it comes. So right at July first, I on a whim went to Colorado. Went out there. Was like out in the out in the mountains with my cousin. We were doing some mountain biking and camping. And I came back after that, and I had a lot of time to think. And I was like, all right, I like think that I'm like getting close. I had some good conversation with my parents. Good conversation with Emily, and then. I remember one day I was sitting in the office facing out down Wacker. We had those window yeah, those yeah. window seats. Yep. And somebody picked up the phone behind me. Yes. Like way down the line. I can't not wait. even in our group. I'm not so even excited. in our group. But somebody just answered the phone and whatever they were talking about, I was just like, look down at my spreadsheet. And I was just like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Why are you here? Like, I Why never want to pick up the phone and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like, instead of being, like, kind of scared or anxious, I just had this, like, nice, calming, big smile spread across my face. I was like, this is it. This is it. This is it. You're for sure. That's awesome. And that day, walked in there and was like, this is it. Like, no two weeks. Yeah. But I will say that... Um, like all this talk, it was, it was honestly like just the subject matter for me that was just not a fit. Like I right. loved the team we worked on. Yeah. Um, and I, I will get to this question. Actually, this question is coming up next for you, but, um, I could not value the, the soft skills that I learned there more, right. how to give a presentation, how to have conversations like public speaking, yeah. um, Excel work, just business professional, the way you Excel. conduct yourselves, the way you write emails, yeah. the way you write anything. Just it, it could not the, the way you network and like just speak to people and treat people in a like business professional manner would not give any of that up. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's come to that later. Let's hear your moment. Yeah, so let's hear your moment. Truthfully, I didn't have like a very defined moment. Like, I mean, I probably had a million of those at my day job where it was like I heard people talking about things and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, this is not where I should be. Like, yeah. I'm not meant for this. You know. But, uh, all right, so I knew a year before I left, I kind of set the date. I was like, by next summer, I need to be out for sure. And then I remember, you know, that year goes by really fast. And then <laughs> now it's approaching. Fast. Yeah. Once you set the date, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Time clicker's going down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, double time. Yeah. So then double I remember time. a few months before that one year anniversary, I was like, man, it's coming close. Like, what am I, am I, am I going to do it? And then I was just like, 
I'm going to do it. I set the date. I literally said, July 1st, no matter what, I'm out. Um, and luckily, another kind of factor of that was I got married that May. So that helped because I was like, I knew I need someone's <laughs> health insurance. So <laughs> I have to wait till that, you know? So I waited till that. That was on the checklist. Yeah. Get yeah. the health insurance. Yeah. And I wanted to get paid while I was on my honeymoon. Yeah, there you go. Sweet. So then, yeah, I, I set the date. I was like, a month after I get married and I get back from my honeymoon, doing it. And that is an insane transition in life. Like, yeah. you're engaged, you're married, and you quit in Peace. a month. Oh, dude. Hey, sweetie, I love you. That's nuts. Peace. Year ever. I got, yeah. yeah, I got married, quit my job, bought a place, an apartment, which was just downright stupid. <laughs> was so stupid. And then uh, started a business. Yeah. That was the craziest year ever. Crushing yeah, nuts. But, but you're here, you're breathing. Apparently. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. Thing. So would you, would you, so we go back to, to the job and you guys yeah. had these moments where it's like, ah, man, why am I here? But you're, you're talking to a kid and he's, he's 20, he's about to graduate college mm-hmm. and you know, he's got all these ideas. He's super smart. You know, he's going to a good college. He wants to succeed. He sees the corporate world. He sees the initial bonuses, the paychecks. You're talking to him. Would you recommend he gets a real job or would you say, you know what? Don't even do that. Just jump right into the, to your passion. Cool. That's a really good question. Yeah, it's tough. So I'll give you my take. Um, I really valued my time in the real world, I mean, I hated it. But yeah. looking back, I really valued it because I knew, like, I hated it so much that that is my motivation every day. Like, yeah. whenever I'm, like, feeling unmotivated or just, like, you know, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore, I think back to, like, having to sit at that desk and do that mind-numbing work. And again, like, it's not to say that accounting is bad. It's just, like, totally not a fit for me, yeah. right? Uh and it immediately makes me focus and just like get back to the grind. So, and I actually, I had a discussion with my wife the other day about this. I was like talking to her about like our kids in the future, which is, sounds like a strange transition, but I'll bring it back. I'll bring it together. Um, then I was saying like, when they're growing up, like I'm going to give them like really shitty jobs. Like I'm going to sign them up one summer to do like the worst job ever. Cause then they'll know how bad it is. And then they'll 100%. be motivated to like work and be like, a you know positive contributing human to society you know so like I feel like you need the bad to under like understand and appreciate the good so to me I love the real world experience for that in itself but beyond that kind of like you said Jason where you're like in the those like few years that we spent you learn so much yeah. like not only do you you learn how to write better you know how to communicate because it's kind of like in that environment especially if you can't do that stuff it was actually a great environment to like teach you how to run a business. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that there is, and when someone tells you that, right, we, how much advice did you get before where it's like public accounting is a great place to start? Yeah. As the, as the advice might be a little misguided on like, Hey, you're going to love this. Yeah. I think very few, <laughs> right, right. I think the misnomer about it is like very few people love it. Mm-hmm. And thank God there are a few people that do love yeah, it. And absolutely. if you love it, like that's awesome. Yeah, do it and you're going to make it killing. Yeah, the subject matter wasn't for me like it wasn't for you. But when they said it's a great place to start a career, even if that's not where you finish it, no matter how many years you put in, it is 100% accurate because you get access to an unbelievable network, A, of smart people that teach you all life skill. Right. You get get access to all kinds of businesses, 
learn about all kinds of industries. Yeah. Even if you're doing like the more mundane work, it's still exposure to that, which you don't get from right. other jobs. And even like even beyond the the mundane skills, like learning how to use Excel and make spreadsheets and projections and all that stuff, it's effective. Yeah, uh, you like the people skills, like. You learn how to deal with people even when you're you're thinking one thing and you're saying another. Like you're like, man, I don't want to do this shitty work, but you know, you still learn how to deal with everyone around you to yeah. make it work. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you're oh, on a team. You learn how to like work on a team. team. Yeah, under stressful conditions. Which if you're right. going to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> that's on the daily. So even today, like I get you, you get you wouldn't believe the emails you get from like nasty people. Um, when you like start a business and they're, they're clearly just venting to, on you yeah. and using you as a scapegoat. But like, that was one skill I learned. Like I put that smile on and you know, as much as you're tempted to write them a nasty email back, like that's not the right answer. So that was another, but, um, yeah, overall I would say go to the real world, do two years at the least. Cause then it's basically like someone's paying you to learn yeah. the basic skills you need to be to run your own business in whatever it may be in, whatever field you might dive into. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, along with that is, and one thing you guys both mentioned, which I think is very important, is utilizing it as a springboard. So being able to say, okay, um, I'm going to take this opportunity and think of it learning as opposed to just being like, oh, this is terrible. That was the same thing I did when I started out in the real world, like started crushing it, was doing so well at my job really fast promotions, all this stuff. But I knew in the back of my head that was my passion. And so my thought was take every single opportunity to learn. Yeah, we talked about find, that. Yeah. Yeah, find the smartest person in your company. Sit down with them as much as you can. Yeah. Learn from them. Find the person that just goes ham. They crush it. They're doing everything. They have so many hobbies. They're traveling. They're doing all this. How do they manage their time? What are some skills that they have? Jason and I both are very good now at documenting our calendars and aligning on that. Yep. I learned that skill from my fiance who crushes at, at organization and she does really well in her job that she event, plans events. So all these different skills you can learn from people in that, you take that opportunity, but you have to make sure that you are always thinking of learning and not just getting caught up in it. Now, if you love it, you go, you accelerate to the top. It's an amazing life. Yeah. But if you don't love it, don't just think, oh, I need to move on to the next thing. Think about what it is you want to do and learn the skills from what you're doing to get to that point. Yeah, exactly. So I would add on my answer and kind of mirror what you're saying. Like use those years in the real world to one, observe everyone around you. Like notice the people who do well and figure out why. So kind of like you said, like there were a few people we worked with who I like really like watched. Yeah. And, yeah like, think about how collectively smart yeah. that group of people is. Yeah. It's insane. If you can't, learn that's one thing you're going to miss then, forever. Yeah. Then you just should, you shouldn't be on your own. <laughs> <laughs> you, it's you know? one thing I will miss forever is like in one business, it's hard to be around a collectively smarter group of people. Yeah. We work with some that's very, so very intelligent people. Absolutely. And then even on the con, like the, the converse side, Look at the people who are bad yeah. and like, what are they doing this wrong? And one thing I noticed at our old job was, um, was the people who were bad were bad communicators. And so that's something like I try to do really well with Muggsy and I think it, it comes through at the end. Um, so yeah. So the first thing is get a day job. I recommend it. Do it for a few years, learn everything you can and constantly be like looking at the people around you and seeing what's they're doing that's good what they're doing that's bad and then don't just like use that time idly like when you're 
when you get home from work, start developing the business because you don't want to do it for two years and then find, all right, I'm ready to, I hate my job and I'm ready to quit. And then say, like, oh <laughs> shit, well, I haven't done anything for two years. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's really easy to get caught in that trap. Yeah, it is. It's super easy. Work is demanding, right? Yep. And there's so much stuff going on, but you have to constantly be vigilant and thinking like, I need to be working on this business and learning as much as I can every day because your end goal is to start a business. It's not to, you know, get stuck in that world. Yeah. Um, if you are, you know, pursuing being an entrepreneur. Perfect. All right. Real jobs over. We're out on our own. Walk us through the iterations of your first pair of jeans all the way to the most recent FLX line, which you have out right now. Yeah. So I mentioned before goal one was developing a unique fit in, in that it was a slim fit with more space up top. Um, compared to like the typical slim fit, which is slim everywhere, hence constricting in the groin and super uncomfortable for dudes. So that was step one. But even beyond that, when I started looking into this, there was like a trend in selvage jeans, like raw selvage. And I thought like, oh man, this is the future. Like I need to do this. And so I did. And we started making raw selvage jeans in our awesome fit. But when I started giving it to people, they're like, oh yeah, I can see why you like these. And there were a lot of friction points. Like they would say, Oh, so I can't wash them. And I'm like, no, like this is a special gene, but like, trust me, you're going to love it. And they're like, well, I don't really understand. Like, why wouldn't I wash them? And you know, why, are, why are they so tough at first? Like they're uncomfortable at first. I'm like, Oh, but in a month they're going to be super comfortable. There were like a lot of friction points there that I ignored. And looking back, it was really dumb of me and I could have saved myself a lot of pain. Um, so initially we launched these raw cell jeans and they do fine, but they still don't take off. Like, I want them to, right? So then I kind of learned and I was like, all right, well, people are complaining about the comfort and the, rigid, the rigidity of the jeans. So my next line was like a step forward. You know, I, I washed them. So I pre-washed the jeans so you can, the people, the customers can wash them however they want. And it's not going to affect the jean. And beyond that, I treated them with like, like this enzyme wash, which makes them super soft. So that was another step in the right direction. People are like, oh, I can wash these now. And they're soft and comfortable. Because um, your whole thing was comfort. Right, yeah. So then, you know, they finally got the comfort part, but they still, the problem then was they still weren't unique enough to, like, make me stand out versus another big name brand that's on the shelves. So with the current line, third line, I kind of said, all right, now I figured out the comfort, the maintenance are important for dudes. The other part is I need something totally different and that they're going to like. And, you know, I saw the trends with comfort being a dude's primary focus, you know, we, I did a lot of work on surveying people and saying like, what, why wouldn't you wear a slim fit jean or why do you wear the jeans you wear? And a lot of people said, because I hate being uncomfortable and you know, any, like these jeans are comfortable, even though I know, I, I know I look like shit, I'm okay with it because I'm comfortable. So I said, all right, well, I need to make something that people will look good in and feel like absurdly comfortable in. And so with this FLX line, I, we custom designed the denim to have the feeling of sweatpants. So now I've taken that initial concept of we need to have an altered fit and I've combined it with the material to make it a stylish jean that's as comfortable as sweatpants. And when you hear that, it's like, who wouldn't sign up for that? Right? <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, no, I don't like looking good. And no, I don't like being comfortable, you know? So that was the difference maker. So with this line, like explosive, explosive growth. Like now Muggsy is a real company and we're on like, we have like a really... I'm, I'm finally optimistic, you know, I'm not like comfortable, but I'm like optimistic about the future and like finally like really excited about it. 
And I think that's that's the key point. It's just like over that year and a half that we spent, like just constantly learning what the product it needs to be um, to get to this point, essentially. Yeah, and so creating those iterations is one thing that like it's super important to do within yourself, within your product. Um, one thing that you can't deny you do well is your marketing. So your marketing's not only effective, it's funny, it's engaging, you've got cool commercials. I mean, the slogan for your balls, yeah. to, to put that out there is like, all right, man, I'm going for this. <laughs> yeah. Like, It's not like, all right, like they're comfortable, they're, they're nicer on the crotch. It's like, no, man, like this is going to, like yeah. your dick is going to be comfortable. Yeah. Like, that's, that, like, that you, you took a bold statement. So yeah. let's talk through your marketing tactics. Yeah. Um, where does the creativity come from and how did you come up with that? Yeah, that's funny, man. Um, really, the marketing is just me, like totally unfiltered. You know, it's, it's really just an ex- it's just me. It's just an expression of myself. Um, and I felt that since I wasn't in a position to hire a marketer, like the best way that m- the marketing could work is if it was really authentic. And so by, by making it just me and being totally unfiltered and just like, to the point, which is maybe the Jersey in me, the New Jerseyan, um, I felt like that was the marketing that would work. And beyond that, I was just like, people are tired of the stuffy corporations and, and all that, you know, like no one goes to J crew website or whatever and gets like a good vibe. Like, I feel like I'm dealing with a person type vibe. It's like, you know, you're buying from this big company with like, that just really at the end of the day probably doesn't give a shit about you. you know? <laughs> yeah. So I felt like by being like in your face and, and making everything come from me, the founder myself, you know, you feel like Muggsy is a friend as opposed to like a company you're buying shit from. So that was important to me as well. Um, so yeah, like really the free your balls is, is like, I, I like humor and I like <laughs> shit that goes directly to the point, yeah. you know, none of this like fluffy, stuff so that's really where it all came from and luckily people like it too yeah <laughs> so that's perfect i love it yeah. um all right what is your what does your best day ever look like best day leo ever. wakes up and what happens what's the like go from the morning to the evening oh, it's the dude, best day my days are chaos like you just sit on the couch and like chaos. ten thousand gene orders just come in <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's cool um, do you want me to like tell you what a typical day is like for me now or what I envision them being like in the future? What is the best day? Like you just envision like day. a great day for Muggsy. Like you wake yeah. up tomorrow and it's like, and you're just what, yeah, it's like just crushes. What is your, what does that look yeah, like? How do you, how do you get to that point? How do you make it the best? Yeah. And then how does it evolve? All right. There are a few components to the best day ever for me. The first is not waking up to an alarm clock. I don't do that anymore for better or worse. Definitely better actually. Um, then I don't immediately go into my day. I actually sit in bed and like read for a half hour. Um, and it's nothing like busy. It's like totally fiction. Just like shit to just kind of wake my brain up and keep me entertained. Then I'll just kind of jump into it. I'll do something for a few hours. At some point I'll, I guess the best day to me is kind of, I don't do one thing the whole day. I skip around and do a bunch of different things. So I spend a few hours in the different various aspects and hopefully one of them is like a creative thing. So like maybe we go out and do some cool photos. Another could be the mundane like processing orders type thing and you know go from there. Another important part of the best day ever to me is doing something physical, like working out, doing yoga, something like that. Um, and the last part would be like spending time with my wife is always important. So even if that's like 
you know, from noon to three, I, I just hang out with her and we go do something. Or if it's, you know, at night, which is more typical, um, I'll pretty much just work interspersed between all those different things that I want to accomplish. If that makes sense. Yeah. So love yeah. that. That's awesome. Um, so you're, you're, you're where you're at now. FLX lines crushing, you know, you, you know, what's up. What are you most scared of right now? What am I most scared of? Um, the biggest thing I'm working on now is just like bringing people in to help me. So for the most part, it's just me and I have you know, companies that provide ad services or shipping fulfillment, that type of thing. Now it's getting to the point where I need help with like the marketing and customer emails and that type of thing. So the biggest thing I'm scared of is like just doing that, finding the right person, getting an office space, like all that stuff that is like legitimate. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that scares me. And then also just inventory management is terrifying. Like you have, I have to order several thousand pairs of jeans and you know, summer, I'll, by the time I get them, it'll be summer. And so it's like, am I really going to order thousands of jeans in like the peak non-buying period for jeans type thing? Like, how am I going to sell these things when it's 80 degrees out and everyone's wearing shorts? That's like the other thing. So like dealing with the seasonality of Muggsy yeah. is really scary. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause like November and December by far are the best months of the year for a jeans company. But the rest of the year, that's the scariest part. It's yeah. Trying to sell when people aren't, you know, in the buying frenzy mode. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? It's you think about the lag time for, from ordering and making a product yeah. is longer than you expect. Oh, my God. People just don't get that. No, I, I think that, that is lost on until you actually make and sell something. Even we do with our hats, oh, which is a really short lag time. Your lag time for ordering is a lot longer. Yeah. And so from crazy, from like the design to actually holding a pair of sellable final product jeans in your hand is a while. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say at least half a year. Yeah, and people it's just don't crazy. get that. Don't. People are just like, oh, you're just stitching them up in your closet. Right, yeah. And then, like, just throw them in a, like, pre-packaged FedEx label. Right. It's <laughs> like so box. True. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Like, you have to hedge your bet, as you said, like, into a season that is not buying time necessarily. Right. Absolutely. It's crazy. So, even with this, the last two months, we've sold out of a whole bunch of sizes, and I get, like, angry emails from people being like, how could you sell out? It's Christmas time, and it's like... I ordered three times as many jeans as I <laughs> yeah, planned yeah, on ordering. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He still sold out of shit. So it's like, you'll never... Because thank God you're not the only person that wants a size 32 waist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So then they're like, well, when are we going to get, you know, that those sizes back? And I'm like, I don't know, June? <laughs> and they're like, that's insane. I'm like, yeah, it is insane. There's no good answer to it. But yeah, it takes awesome. that long to develop a gene. Especially jeans are really hard to develop. It's not as simple as just like taking denim and sewing it together. Like you have to constantly iterate the pattern and blueprint of the gene to get it right, especially if you make any changes to it. So at this point, we're still evolving our main line and the styles that we offer. So with that comes even more months of delay, developing it and getting it to be perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, it's, it's terrifying, man. So, I mean, what is awesome though is that because the volume is lower, like you know that you're getting, as you said, like you want to tailor it to somebody who thinks that you care about them. Like, you know, that so much more love is going into every pair of jeans that you have. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you're not getting a pair of five Oh ones that have been sitting in a back shelf for like two years. Oh yeah. No, these things are my babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Per pair. Right. By the time we get to the final pair, I've worn countless iterations of that style from samples that we developed and like just, 
tweak them to the tiniest degree just because I, well, one, I, I know what it's like to sell a product that's not perfect and that sucks. Yeah. That's like the worst case scenario. But even beyond that, like, I don't know, this is, this is my thing. Like, I, <laughs> I yeah. love jeans and, and this aspect of it. So I, I put a lot of time and, and thought into it, you know. I know. And so you take that time and thought. How does how does Muggsy Jeans change the landscape of making and selling jeans? Like you talked about it before, there are behemoths that sell yeah. jeans. It's not exactly like you're the only person that has jeans. Right. But with a little love and care, like you seem to have carved out a little niche for yourself. Like what makes, what's like, what's the selling point for Muggsy's? Yeah, I think the first one that comes to mind is that the typical jeans buying process is totally fucked. Like no one wants to go into department stores, try on a thousand pairs when you have this like pushy salesperson in your face just throwing you jeans. Like that, and they all fit different. I get hives thinking about that shit. Right. Yeah. And they're all different. One brand then, is one, then you're a 30 and the other. Even, even yeah. the same brand. Even in the brand and the style. Yeah. And then you're like sweating because you're just like, <laughs> like jamming yourself into these jeans and oh man, it's the worst. So for me, I think one of the big things we're trying to do is disrupt that, just the way you buy jeans. So really making it easy to try them on at home, free shipping returns. You know, I'm, I'm even trying to improve that. Like I want to have make the return process as easy as possible. Like ideally it would be every first time buyer comes to Muggsy and buys two or three different sizes and styles to try and they return the rest. And it's just a super easy process working to that. But, um, that's the number one way is just like fixing the jeans buying experience and making it something that people look forward to almost. Um, and beyond that, it's just making jeans that are different. You know, I, a lot of the awesome emails we get are, guys who are just like you finally got me wearing jeans again like i never would wear my jeans because they're so miserable and like those emails are what makes your day you know like that's what you work for so just doing something that like is really going to change guys experiences with clothes and jeans that's the other future path that we're you know always working towards yeah i mean i was going to tell you like that that would have been from a customer's perspective i own probably like seven pairs of these now yeah. even old iterations. Um, but all of them, like with the stretch, like I'm on a bike all day. Mm-hmm. I, my, my business casual is like Nike tights, Nike shorts <laughs> yeah. and a dry fit shirt and sweatshirt right. that I can do like yoga in all the time. Now I get a yeah. pair of jeans. I can do yoga. In. Yeah. Like it doesn't bother me to ride a bike in them. I can run around in them, stretch them. I'm wearing them right now. Yeah. Squatting them, squatting <laughs> them. You can do anything you want. And yeah. it's, that is, that is incredible. And the difference is like, yeah, a lot of people are putting a little bit of stretch into their jeans, but most of them are super thin. They wear down. Right. Like these is just like looks and feels like you're wearing an actual pair of jeans, except you can put your like leg over your head. Yeah. And that was important. Like there, there are stretch <laughs> jeans out there, right? Everyone, almost every jean is stretch has some stretch component now, but I wanted to go beyond that. Like there was still a lot of problems with that jean. You know, you wash it, you wear it for a week. And then after that week, it feels like it's a size big. Cause it's warped and stretched out. I wanted to fix that. Um, the other is just like, they're a little stretchy, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will say that they tear their jeans in the crotch and that's because the jeans aren't stretchy enough. Like they're trying to move one way and the denim is fighting them and that tears the fabric. So by having like an even higher stretch jean, now you have something that's going to last longer because it can, it can withstand all the, like the, you know, moving and damage yeah. you do to it. Um, but beyond that, it's just like supreme comfort. So yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. So we've spent a lot of time talking about the jeans. They're amazing. They're epic. We <laughs> love them. 
But one thing we want to talk about is just how Jason and I appreciate you doing what you did. Um, you quit before either of us. Oh, nice. Um, and you started a business. You, you know, you thought of this concept. You said, all right, I'm going to do this. And one thing that sometimes we get caught up in as, you know, entrepreneurs, as people starting their own things is our business mm-hmm. and just that and driving that forward. And we lose a little bit of focus on, and, and Jason and I speak wholeheartedly to you of how you're inspiring other people. Um, you're going ham, like you crush, you're doing this all. You said, I know it's me and then it's me and that's it. And so to see that, like people look up to that and people, you know, love to see people following their own passions and their dreams. And we talked about how, you know, using the corporate job as a springboard. Well, a lot of people don't use it as a springboard, but they get to that point because they see people doing it. So it's one thing to, to talk about it and to come up with a million ideas, but to do it is sweet. So we're like just super pumped that you did that. It's, it, was, it was cool. And Jason and I had a conversation about before this. Like we remember there was a conversation right across the street from your office. All three of us sat down. And you're like, dude, I'm quitting in like a week. I'm like, what? Like you're doing that? And like I was, you know, I was probably that was probably maybe maybe six or seven months, eight months before I quit. So I wasn't yeah. there yet. But I was like, damn. Leo did it. Like, why can't I do it? So Rip the cord. it's it's pretty tight. Well, thanks, really cool. man. Shit, I did not expect that. But yeah, I think it just kind of came down. You're kind of praising me for being like totally rational. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just going to quit my job and start a jeans company. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I don't know, man. For me, it's just like, what's the worst case scenario? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm back at this desk in six months and, and, you know, hopefully you plan it there. You don't lose a lot of money, but, you know... To me, it's just the worst case scenario was staying in that desk. Yeah. You know, and like I said, that's my motivation every day. It's like, I don't, I'm not going back to that desk. All it is, just don't, like, if you don't want to do it, why are you doing it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. If yeah. you love accounting, if you love working in corporate retail, like, by all means, like, that is great. We don't all have to do the no. same thing. That's no. what makes the world go around. Right, exactly. But whatever you're doing, like, you better like it. And if you right. don't, it's time. Like, it's time to pull the trigger. Right. Like, you got to get out. Because not only if you don't like it and you stay in it, not only are you going to hate your life, but you're not going to do well at it. No. You know? like, yeah, you got as well exactly. as you get something else. Right. Exactly. Like if you look at all the people we worked with, they were the ones who, like, like got so excited to come to work and, like, read the tax code. That yeah. you needed to do it. Yeah, and they loved it. Yeah, yeah and they loved it. Awesome. Just perfect. It's great yeah. for them, man. Like, you're I was so envious of them. I'm yeah. like, shit. Yeah. You have, like, I, a very comfortable and very lucrative path to success. Because yeah. Because you care about something that someone's going to pay you to do. You very know? high rate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, pissed at myself because I'm, like, this... Denim nerd. You're you're a denim nerd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're like, all I want to do is put my face on a bunch of denim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But to that point, like, if anyone's out there thinking of quitting just just fucking do it like yeah. it's never going to be the right like yeah. at some point i came to the realization that it's never going to happen at the, right at, at the right time you just have to fucking do it and, <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't say that yeah. more times a day yeah you can't and fuck man it, it's not easy but shit it, it can work out man <laughs> it's yeah. cool it's worth it all right but i'm glad you guys did it man because i'm like i'm equally as impressed with what you guys are doing like by far, I mean, the, this podcast, like I'm really blown away by this, especially because, like, I I think it's it's just all super super cool, cool man. Like, glad it's you like impressive. it. We're no, happy I mean, to have you on here. Yeah, man. it's just another example of get the fuck out of the world <laughs> and pursue what you like, and good shit will happen. Yeah, you know, yeah. so if you're hardworking, passionate, 
Just Man, that's all you need. That's all you need. I love it. Yeah. All right, what's on the grind for 2017? Man, I got some. All right, so <laughs> did you put in your orders for next year yet? <laughs> uh, that's my goal yeah. today is yeah. figure out yeah. what to do. Perfect. So I'm going to do that to the wee hours in the morning. But uh, long term, yeah, we're going to put you on the spot. Long term planning. Yeah, like stop procrastinating. I have to now think six months out about my new product and um, now starting. I'm planning out the whole year tonight, essentially of like what jeans I'm going to launch and when, and uh, that's pretty cool. So that's that's the goal. But I, I have some really, I have some cool and exciting shit in the works for the next Great. year. Um, I, I think it's going to be good, man. It's going to be exciting. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Where, where can people find out about you and about Muggsy? Nice. Uh, I am Muggsy. So just, <laughs> just go to Muggsy and you'll accomplish both those things. Yeah. It's like, I don't do social media outside of it anymore because Muggsy is just all consuming. And like I said, it's just, it's just an extension of myself. So go to MuggsyJeans.com, sign up for our emails. Like I, I really put a lot of time into the emails. I, they're funny. Yeah, thanks, man. They're funny. I like them. Um, <laughs> that's what you get for writing emails when you're drunk half the time. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It works, yeah. <laughs> what was it? Uh, it's like Hemingway or something. It was like, write drunk, edit sober. That's what I do. It's that, so much better. It works. Um, sign up for the emails. I legitimately respond to them each individually myself. And, you know, I, I think it makes all the difference. But uh, it's awesome just communicating with people that care about this stuff. So yeah, MuggsyJeans.com, sign up for the emails. If you want some cool pics, I just got a baller camera from Muggsy, so sign up for Instagram too. <laughs> the pics are going to get a lot better. And awesome. Instagram is just at MuggsyJeans, right? Yep, at MuggsyJeans, okay. MuggsyJeans.com. Facebook too? Yep. All right. Yep, they're all at MuggsyJeans across the board. And yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks, Leo. We really, really appreciate you, and we appreciate you being on our show. Dude. Sharing with our listeners your fucking awesome daily life. Oh, this is awesome, man. Like, Again, props to you guys, and it's really it's cool being here. I'm honored. All right, thanks, Leo. Thanks, brother. Peace.